This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by Sony and the PlayStation 4. Greatness awaits. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey. It is a new year, my friend. Happy 2014 Woo. to everybody listening out there and uh, to you, my friend. Uh, and to you. And uh, we were miles apart on uh, New Year's Eve. We were many miles we didn't, apart we all didn't, through the holidays. Yeah, we didn't see each other uh, at all. We tried to see each other. We made some tentative plans, and then I think Ruby got sick. We had some sickness at our place. Yeah, and, and uh, she's still a little sick. So, Ruby, if you're listening to this, please get better soon. She, um, Uncle it, Scott worries She is you. wondering why we're on TV. She has noticed. Has she? Yeah. That's Dad, really he's on TV. <laughs> Scott. Scott's on TV. She really says that? Yeah. Oh. She's wondering what the hell's going on. That's how... and, oh, she actually asked, why isn't Ruby on TV? Oh, we could make that happen. I... <laughs> Ruby knows some people. She's on yeah, LinkedIn she, now. She was, she was asking if Ruby was on TV. It's crazy. Uh, so 2014 is upon us. Uh, I just have to ask this question before yeah. we go into our little digression my, here. My daughter is going to turn two next month, by the way. She's not even two, mm. and she's and already making You are going to turn 26. I am turning 26. Yeah, yep. We're, we're going to yep. go to Grand Daytona Beach. 26. Yeah, I'm wondering when our portraits in the attic are going to start to wither. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, New Year's resolutions. What do you have? Um, Relax more. Look how refreshed you look. Do you know, I look refreshed? Yeah, I was talking to some of the sales guys today on the way in. Can yeah. I say, tell everybody that we have sales yeah, guys? we have sales guys now. We have sales true. guys. Yeah. And they said, they said that you and I both looked completely refreshed. Oh, good. From sleeping. He's, they said you could see it in the eyes. That's awesome. That's all I did over the holiday I was did, sleep. I did sleep. I had no uh, qualms about sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did play quite a bit of gaming. I did get into a lot of gaming, actually. Uh, just finishing things that were massive and, and robust. Ends. Yeah, you know, you Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes, yep. got got to that. Yeah, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, it does become a job after a certain point. You know, it does become yeah. like, oh Christ, I have to drive all the way across. But is this it just city. us, or do other people feel this way? Uh, well, you know, I think that what it is is it people have a lot of time to just sort of have fun and, and time to kill, and you know, games like that are an incredible value you know and uh and there's so much amazing detail that it 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 counters any criticism that you have it's almost a review proof title and you know and 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 the sales numbers prove that out it's just massive it's changed everything but uh it does get dull just doing the drive i mean i don't know if they needed to sort of recreate every square mile of los angeles in the damn game you know yeah i mean i i I feel like i understand what the commutes are like now for people that live in los angeles you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. i feel like uh i have a little sympathy for them because there's a lot of boring driving in that thing well you know we wanted to do something a little bit different and we wanted to before we get into our discussion we wanted to not end today's show with a twitter question all right yeah we wanted to start with one, but I did something here. I had it on my phone. And oh, I, you I, pressed the uh, the button. <laughs> the magic button that makes it go away. They call it Victor Lucasing when well, you erase the email that I we remember need. What the, uh, I remember what the question is. Yeah, but it's it, from Kyle Chenard, Mr. Precision, that's who, right. who is our Twitter question person of the year. Congratulations of 2013. to Kyle Chenard, See, by that the way. title is wide open for 2014. That's right. So he has it for 2013. Mm-hmm. We should create him a belt of some kind instead of <laughs> wrestling belt. I like it. <laughs> He's got it. Yep. And he asked us, uh, was there a game that we missed the first time around that we got into over the holiday break? And I did find one. 
Well, his was Bioshock. His was Bioshock. He, he, he'd never Bioshock, played crazy. Bioshock from wow. 2007. I, I so don't know he if played I would it. admit that. So when, so basically, what he's saying is, was there a game that came out that mm-hmm. was maybe a phenomenon or yeah. enjoyed a moment, and that you finally got around to playing? And we don't miss much. We no. play almost everything, but I think there was an iPad game that really got to you. I got into Drop Chord for you know I, I, I'm not a master at it, but I finally checked it out and was absolutely How does it work? What is it? it sounds you boring as hell. No, it's a music game, so you feel like oh, you play. You feel like you're a DJ, man. You sit you sit down with this thing and you put the uh, iPad on your lap and then you put two thumbs on the screen or two fingers and you're just moving this line. So it's a little bit like Tilt to Live, which is a classic iOS game and I encourage anybody to play that thing. Mm-hmm. Incredibly cool. It's a little bit like that and it's a little bit like uh, Geometry Wars. And basically what you do is you create a line between your two touch points and you try to take out the, cor- uh, the notes and mm-hmm. create chords. Uh, and avoid the uh, the the sort of the bad dudes, the bad shapes mm-hmm. uh, that are trying to take out your um, your combo points, and and uh, it, it changes the rhythm of the music a little bit too as you're playing the game. And then you get into these bonus rounds, but it's really funky, really groovy. Uh, it was 99 cents. There were tons of great uh, sales on iOS stuff over the holidays, and I I finally got a chance to play that and really enjoyed it. How about you? Well, uh, you know, one of the games that comes to mind for me is Hotline Miami. I remember Stephen Raju reviewing it on the show, and it was one of those games not unlike uh, Street Fighter 2 that I couldn't really figure out how it worked because you look at a screenshot of it, and it's this top-down perspective of what looks like a house plan. Yeah. And then there's bad guys in the house. and So I I played it on the Vita for the first time. I didn't play it on the PC where Stephen Raju reviewed it. Yep. And uh, you and I both enjoyed the the evilness, the the insidiousness. Grimy as hell, yeah. Yeah, I felt terrible playing it. But it's kind of like how you feel playing as Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five. You never feel good as you're as you're walking in the shoes of Trevor. No, he becomes empathetic as the game progresses, but or sympathetic as the game progresses. But it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's gnarly. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're gearing up for 2014. We have so many good things that we want to share with everybody in, in the weeks and months uh, ahead. I think it's going to be a very good year. Now, 2013 wasn't the best year ever in video games, but no. still there were a lot of, uh, a lot of bright spots, a well, lot we, of highlights. Yeah. And we had the, uh, the, the countdown for the, uh, with the rocket and ray guns with our, our, our sort of, uh, leaderboard, um, uh, head-to-head type thing there that I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a new thing for us to put together the uh, the Sweet Sixteen, uh, but it looked it it turned out really great. You know, maybe some of the comparisons weren't that fair. You know, to start off with uh, Bioshock and and. Uh, 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 going up against The Last of Us right away and just mm-hmm. seeing The Last of Us just cut a swath through everything so quickly was a little heartbreaking, but it was... I think uh, it was fun. You it know, was cool, and it man. Lent I enjoyed itself it. to some lively discussion we and had everybody a lot of people had strong opinions. And, yeah, and, a lot of people tweeting and sending us messages saying they did not approve or they loved it or whatever, so it was good. I mean, we got people talking That's about That's when it. I know we're doing our jobs. If yeah. 50% of the people are unhappy and yeah. 50% are yeah, happy. We, and I'm certainly reading a lot about that about the top 100 as well. I mean, that has become... Uh, it was great. I mean, that was a, f- a fantastic experiment in 2013, and it has become a big talking point for a lot of people out there. Can we uh, tell a little behind-the-scenes stories now about it, now that it's behind us? Yeah, sure. Well, I had one day when we were shooting. Oh, the, the blow-up day? 
and I had a meltdown. I'm a human being. Oh, come on. We we cram so much content into such a little bit of time. It was a hot day. Yes. We were in Stanley Park. If you're familiar with uh, the Vancouver area, it's a beautiful part of the city. Yeah. One of the most beautiful parks I've ever been in. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about Memento, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just lost it. I just completely lost it, and I stormed off. That was, I think, was one of, I usually have about two or three storm offs. Tommy used to have one once in a while. Oh, yeah, all the time. Well, the challenge with the top 100 was that we put the list together with great remembrances of all of this entertainment that we had, uh, you know, consumed over the years. We were excited. And, yeah, and it, it's it's one thing to put the name of the thing down that you remember loving. It's mm-hmm. another thing to say, okay, we've got to talk about this for about 10 minutes now. And, and you I have to remember seen this movie yeah. in about five years. <laughs> and there was, and the production schedule did not allow us to go back and revisit every single thing. I mean, some of that stuff we were able to, uh, but we didn't have time to watch every one of those movies again or play every one of those video games again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was a hard task. That was a lot of work to do. It was a lot of work to you know figure out the the list. And then it was a tremendous amount of work to try to keep every one of those conversations a a unique thing, uh, a different thing, um, and to bring out some fresh insights as to, you know, about the value of the the property and our reasons for putting it into that number. And I tell you uh, what was good, though. I'm really proud of it, though, man. Like, that's that's what I'm I'm really proud of. I I, I look, you know, you can look at those things now, and that's one of the weird things from doing the show is you you remember what we had for lunch that day, you remember the weather that day, and, you know, it looked like uh, some people people were tweeting to me, like, when is that bruise on your arm going to heal? Because I got into a little bit of a bike wreck last year. Oh, that's year. hilarious, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's becomes this little uh, time capsule. It is a time capsule, yeah. for sure. Well, I mean, we are doing something, and I might as well tell everybody now, because they're going to discover it next week. Uh, starting on Monday, the new season of Reviews on the Run starts off. Oh, I and, can't wait. And I didn't want to just, you know, move on and forget about the top 100 stuff. I feel like not everybody watched every single episode. Not everybody was able to uh, digest it as it was being put together as, uh, you know, a chunk of each show. Yes. I felt like we needed to celebrate it again. And so we're putting all 100, top 100 movie and game uh, suggestions. Packaging them as one show. As one show. Uh into 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's going to be four acts of Top 100, and every show is going to have two numbers, two movies, two games. Mm-hmm. Next show, two movies, two games. And we're going to go through it um, throughout the course of the beginning of the year, which is always traditionally a kind of a slow year for new content. A slow for, time of the year. Yeah, there aren't tons of brand new games. There aren't tons of brand new it's great movies. It's a slow January. So, it's a it's slow January. So this, this is a, a solution for us you know, to have... Uh, and we're also reflecting on each of these numbers as we uh, make these episodes and recut these episodes as well. So we'll have a little bit more discussion around all of this stuff. And certainly we'll probably be able to talk about some of the uh, responses that we've had to s- some of the choices that we've had in some of these episodes. Uh, but, it's a, yeah, it's a solution for that. So we're going to have a repackaging of all of the um, the top 100 material, and we're going to be able to look back on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be um, – I mean, something really cool about that is that we'll have these 50 standalone top 100 episodes, which mm-hmm. I think is is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then we are still, Scott and I are still going back and forth about what to do uh, about the worst games and worst movies that we've ever... Uh, I don't want to do that. I know you don't want to do it, and I, I feel like it would be a lot of uh, depressing news, lots of just sour grapes. Um, but we're going back and forth. I think there's some value in... Some kind of 
maybe it's less, but some kind of itemization of some of the things that just broke our hearts the most. But that's anyway. That's something that we wanted to talk about right now with relation to 2013 anyways, right? We do because, uh, well, we have a little bit of a rundown here, a little bit of an itinerary of yeah. where we're going to go with today's show. And uh, I can't open up the email for the life of me. I don't know if it's because we're in this uh, special down in the basement <laughs> and the walls are sealed with lead. <laughs> or, uh, you know, kryptonite is blocking my signal, but I, I can't open this email. So. All right. Well, let's start with some of the heartbreakers. Oh, like, do you have it there? Yeah, like aliens, colonial marines, or killer is Okay, dead. yeah, we're talking about the biggest heartbreaks of, of 2013. We're yeah. taking one last look back in our rearview mirror before we move on to, into 2014. And, of course, aliens, uh, colonial marines is on everybody's list mm-hmm. if you're going to talk about I can't believe that was a 2013 game. I, I, know. I feel like it came out. Ages years ago, ago. I, I, know. I know what 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 a what a horrible moment in, <laughs> in the medium of all, of all the years for it to come out. <laughs> Thankfully, it came out this year. Now it's done and it's behind us. And hopefully, we all grew a little bit. And we learned something, and and the gearbox learned something. And, and they're, I mean, they're just going to move on and just pretend that it never happened. They're going to work with Telltale now on the uh, on the Borderlands mm-hmm. adventure game. I mean. They are actively looking at Borderlands, and, I, and they've also got the Homeworld license, so they are totally moving on from Aliens. But, right? I, I, you know, I think that was disappointing. I don't know if it was exactly heartbreaking. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I think we wanted something good, and we were sure it was going to be good, especially considering the success of, of Borderlands. Uh, yeah, no, Gearbox I think, can do I think no that wrong qualifies. I think that qualifies as heartbreaking. This is a studio that's proven itself with a franchise that has, you know, required and demanded something of real pedigree, and consistently we've been let down, and it doesn't make any sense at all. But I feel like there were much bigger heartbreaks last year than than this. Uh, Killer is Dead, I think, was a a disappointing game, and, and, you know, Suda51 is all over the map these days. He's very uneven, yeah. Yeah, and he he doesn't... I mean, and I I think that's one of the things that makes him one of the most fascinating uh, people in our industry, is you never know what you're going to get from him, and you never know of what sort of caliber of quality it's going to be but I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who wasn't disappointed and a little heartbroken by his latest effort in killer is dead yeah i think he's a guy that just sort of says it, and i don't mean to be uh derogatory or dismissive but i think he's like well it's good enough this mm-hmm. is the art that i want to put out into the world this is the art that i want to send out i mean i i could keep going i could be i could keep i could keep fretting and stressing and and uh uh, you know, keep spending money to, yes. to build this into a bigger thing. But this is good enough. Let's go. And we don't have the budget, and I make no apologies. This is my yeah. art. Let's go. A couple other things that come to mind for me if we're going to talk about heartbreaks is uh, Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. I was really let down and disappointed. I know Sean Hatton enjoyed I was, that a lot. I wasn't. I was surprised by how good it was. I mean, I, that was a game that seemed predestined to be totally awful how good and in, in what capacity what is your what's your well i mean it's there's so good? when we talked about it in the review i mean it, there's so much competition for it there's so many other terrific fighting games and this was a, a studio that isn't known or renowned for being a fighting Still, game does studio. It doesn't because it's a studio that hasn't made a fighting game before it, it was good it's I mean, it could, good. It, it could be way it's better. It's exactly what you think it's going to yeah, exactly. be and nothing more. Right. And that's the heartbreak. That's the letdown sure. for me. Especially yeah. as a next-gen game, you know, as part of the launch of the next-gen next gen, uh, consoles. I, I wanted this game yeah. to, to set my eyeballs on fire. You, I, I think you could say that for most of the next-gen games in particular, you Absolutely. know, with the yeah, launch title. I mean, sure. most of them are... are uh, 
it, it, yeah, they don't set our eyeballs on fire. You know, hmm. they don't they don't sort of go, oh my god, this is tipping us into a whole new way to experience yeah. video game entertainment. You know? I, I guess it's it's the fighting game genre in general that as too. well that I just want a little bit more from. What uh, about Call of Duty Ghosts, man? I think that was a bit of a letdown for, for not just me, but for a lot of people. I mean, it's not selling very well. I'm playing through it again on Xbox One. Oh, uh, and I'm Why trying, are you doing this? I'm, I'm trying to, you know, usually I find them to be like a Michael Bay movie type of experience where it's just Which explosions could be fun. and yeah. fun. And this seems so ridiculous, you know? It just seems like it's just, they, like nobody took this seriously. You know, I know that they did. I know that they worked their ass off to try to innovate and build something really a cool dog. and fun. But it just seems so preposterous. Yes. You know, it's yeah. just like... You got the father and the two sons. Yeah. And you got the, well, guess who turns out to be a ghost? It's our dad! Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, the, you know, it's just these predestined choke points. And then you get into these firefights. And then every... Every gameplay solution in the thing is just getting into a, a firefight with a whole bunch of bad guys, and it just—it feels so bottlenecky and so scripted. And it's, it's also—it's also—it has something that's even worse than the dreaded invisible walls, and that is if you wander too far off course, you just automatically fail a mission. Yeah, you know, you didn't do exactly what you're supposed to do. That and too. I, yeah, and you sit down and you expect sort of the amusement park ride of it all. Um, but it doesn't. It feels like the most boring amusement park ride. Maybe well, because we've ridden it so many times. Yeah, I think this, this is the amusement park ride after you vomited all over your shirt. It's mm-hmm. like okay, I'll go back on again. Yeah, there was a summer when I worked at an amusement park when yeah. I was a kid, and they had this one ride called the Bomber, and it yeah. was very old, and it was <laughs> hell to ride. But you could ride rides for free. That was one, your only perk. Yeah. And so if some if other people were on the bomber, you could get in the other side. It would just go up and down like this and go in a big circle. And you barfed everywhere? No, but the first time you ride it, you shit your pants and you uh, think that's the end of your life. And then I used to ride it every day. And so by the end of the summer, I'm like, this is no problem. I was reading magazines up there, riding around in the bus. Like, look at that guy up there riding the yeah, bomber, and I reading think a that's magazine. What's that's what's Call happened. Of Duty. It's yeah, exactly you're right. like that. Yeah, I mean, the first the first exposure to Call of Duty Modern Warfare blew our minds, man. It was We'd incredible. We've seen a game with that kind of visual fidelity before. And even Black Ops 2, I mean, against... It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was, Triarch did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, it was a pretty solid game, but, but man, this one just felt... I don't know. I think everybody is just ready for the step forward. Yeah. So I, I think, and it do, you know, I'm playing it on Xbox One, and it doesn't look any noticeably different to me than, uh, no. you know, I'm not doing a direct head, you know, comparison, but it do, certainly doesn't look like Assassin's Creed Four on PS4 next to Assassin's Creed Four on PS3. Wasn't it's there not a that Gears kind of, of War game this this year too? Yeah, Gears of War that and was, God of War. That was dis- oh, the God of War was yes. that was such a heartbreak, yep. man. Yeah, yeah. Ascension was really a letdown for me. I know you had a little bit more fun with it than than I. You have more fun with everything. Than uh, I yeah, do. I mean, I I was uh, I was up and down on the thing, but I, you know, I think in totality there was quite a bit of content in there, but it was certainly nowhere near. The caliber of even God of War three, you know, it mm-hmm. didn't have the uh, the magic. I mean, it, it felt like a reach. It felt like they wanted to cram the multiplayer in, and you were right. I almost felt like tweeting you over the what? holidays. Are you kidding me? I, I would never go back to play the multiplayer in that game, oh and I never God, really I did. Can I you know? believe that we have I'm a record sorry, of you I saying that? I I, uh, I love God of War. I hope it's not. The I love end Kratos. Of the franchise. Yeah, I love Kratos. And you know, I, I know that Sony's going to work on some more stuff, and it should look. Maybe incredible. we need a God of War movie. I don't even. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Maybe, Maybe. a miniseries. Maybe. 
Yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know if I need more God of War games, especially if they're just going to be more third-person action games. Right. What else is on the list? Uh, Beyond Two Souls, which honestly I haven't gotten to yet. I don't know if that qualifies as a heartbreak necessarily. Maybe David uh, Cage's comments, his, uh, his self-satisfying smug comments. That's a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I like, you know, I like that they're full of themselves, and I like that they put out their own weird, unique games, and I like that Sony publishes their own, their weird, unique games. I do, games, too. You know? so I do, I, too. There's more respect than there is heartbreak. I don't know if it's my kind of game. I'm with you. Uh, we weren't assigned that one. I think that, that was Steven Raju or, or somebody else. Yeah, and uh, this is the thing. I want to uh, – we've got a couple of weekends here before we really start diving in full force into all of the, the new stuff that's coming out. Yes. So I want to be – that's one I want to get to, and I also want to play Papers, Please, and I also want to play Gone Home. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of uh, top ten year-end lists yes. featured Papers, Please, which Steve uh, Tilly yep, recommended as, as uh, the game that got left off of our Sweet 16 bracket. What else is on the list over there? Uh, we've got uh, Virtual Joysticks, Motion Controls, Mobile Peripherals, mm-hmm. and launch of, uh, Lack of uh, la- Good Launch Titles lack for of, Next those Gen. Those are all... Uh, I don't, you know, heartbreak might be a strong word. Maybe disappointment is more of a, a closer f- word to what, what I want to describe with Let's those. turn our frowns upside down. Let's talk about nice surprises. Mm-hmm. And I've got a good list here. Need for Speed Rivals, that Brothers, a... a Tale of Two Sons, Diablo 3 on the consoles, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, XCOM, Enemy Unknown on iOS. Mm-hmm. We have to play Enemy Within as well. I hear that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guacamelee, yes, and Steam World Dig, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Those are all terrific games, uh, all t- terrific surprises. And uh, you know, we weren't expecting to be as addicted to Need for Speed Rivals. Not at all. Not at all. You know, I saw this game in New York City in October, yeah. and I, I had my doubts. It looked fun. It just looked like more Need for Speed, yep. um, and it looked like a game that I'd played before. But uh, but when I got it home and loaded it up, I mean, you can't argue with. The way that you're pulled into the vortex in that game, and and it just holds your attention for you know the clock just starts spinning around like and you know when they fast forward time in a movie. Like there's I, something about a you get a new console, and we both played it on the PS4. There's something about getting a new console, and you need a racing game. You need a racing experience that like new machines ship with racing games. Always, it feels like that's always been the way it is, and the game that. I mean, because Forza's got a lot of value, and there's lots to offer there for sure. Oh, but people it's, love it, yeah. and it's it's a great sim. Rivals is more my game, though. But Rivals is really fun. It's it's really just pure addictive. fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you, you know what? I mean, it's one of those games I, you don't have to think a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you can just kind of go on autopilot and press the gas and drive like a maniac and crash your car and then get a new car and then everything just feels so gratuitous and over the top and cool. Um, I love it. I, Ghost Games, I think, did a terrific job. I so can't, much detail. I man. can't wait to see. You know, give them the reins going forward. Let them take Need for Speed in whatever the new direction is going to be. With or the bring franchise. A, back Burnout. Which I would like would to be see totally fine. Yeah, with like maybe both that, of us. I, you know what? I think Criterion's been quiet for a little while. You think that's what we're going to? Uh, why not? Gonna do? Sure, That'd be incredible. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Did you play this? At I all? didn't play it. I know Ben Silverman was raving about yeah, that. Yeah, and Jose it reviewed bit. it on the show. It was cool. I yeah? checked it out. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, it is weird because you're using both control sticks to control each of the brothers, and you've got to solve all the puzzles. It reminded me of like a real-time Lost Vikings or something. Hmm. But I like it, and I like the uh, the weightiness of the subject matter, uh, and I could see that there was real pathos, real you know emotional uh, thumbprints all over it. And I mm-hmm. think that's awesome. I think you know this is the thing that we as uh, gamers that have been playing stuff for a long time are all kind of recognizing is the value in storytelling and the value mm-hmm. of imbuing. Uh, concern 
for these digital characters uh, in mature ways is really important to us. Yeah, you want to see the thumbprints and the fingerprints of the creators yeah. on these things. And you want to feel uh, that, that uh, you know, the personality of the people behind these projects. And this sounds like one of those games that, that has has that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really cool stuff. What else you got? Uh, uh, Diablo 3, I think, was a nice surprise. Yeah, I really didn't expect that to yeah. work at all because I thought that's such a mouse and keyboard kind of experience, and, or just mouse, really. Yeah. And, and it works as a great third-person action game. I had a lot of fun with Diablo 3, more fun than I did e- even playing it on, on, on the PC. Uh, yeah. I, I, it just, it's like it, it was such a smooth transition. You know, and that underlines Blizzard, man. That underlines how freaking talented those guys are and Even how much they care it's still yeah. a little bit disappointing it's more diablo it's not uh, you know they they're not reinventing the wheel nope. and then they didn't with the the pc release either but there's still something unbelievably captivating unbelievably oh, addictive I compelling really, you just get lost in that yeah. world and they just i mean that there again even as big a company as they are you do feel like a, a combined sort of commitment to build something that has integrity and has real artistic value. And they all share that vision and they work hard to bring us something that can translate like yeah. that. And it's still the, that game where, you know, just one more dungeon, yeah. just a little bit more loot, maybe just one more weapon, then yep. I'll head back to the village and then suddenly, suddenly two, three hours have gone by. Well, there was a DLC for... for his packed her bags. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah does not get it. Uh, no, the other cool thing is uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which was a nice surprise. I thought that was... Uh, well, I mean, even Far Cry 3, I, th- I think I spent most of 2013 believing it was a 2013 release because it came out so late in 2012. Right, of course. We actually missed it yeah. in the Rocket and Raycons right. last year, and it was such an achievement and such a strange, weird, cool, fun way. You know, like that kind of take on the first-person shooter is exactly what I think you need with a Call of Duty Ghost. So you, you need to do something different. We need to move somewhere. We you need know, to feel you like there's been some progress. Awesome point, because uh, and, this, uh, and, and this just happened, and I remember calling this out when uh, uh, the VGAs happened last year, mm-hmm. and, and Far Cry 3 came out before the VGA, or after the VGAs happened, mm-hmm. so it was going to be in contention for the following year, and if that were the case, the VGXs should have definitely forgot, given yeah. that game the best shooter of the year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think it won the best shooter of the year. I, I could be wrong, but Maybe I Bioshock I, did or something. Yeah, they gave it to something else. But that game was insane. That you know, Far Cry Three was incredible, and Blood Dragon was super fun. I think it was a little, you know, overdosey. I think it was a little bit like, okay, I get it. It's funny. It's right. just okay. I've had a, I've had a little too but much for of DLC. This. I mean, what do you want from great. DLC? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I like the the creative take on it. I, I and the and the jokes are cool. Having Michael Bean in there was pretty random and awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd, by the time it had come out, though, I was like, okay, I've had enough. Well, yeah, I'm ready and, to move and, on. And especially if you played through all of Far Cry 3. Which I, mean, I did. You had reached the saturation yes. point with Far Cry 3. Yeah, yeah. and some. Yeah. You know, because Far Cry 3, you can keep going and going. The game is incredible. I can't wait to see where they go with that franchise. Uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown, a terrific iOS game. You need to play it on the iPad, though. The iPhone uh, controls are... It's so funny because we always talk about them these games being translated, these real-time strategy games, or turn-based strategy games, yes. onto the iPad. And yes. this, this one is... This was the first sort of big-budget console caliber uh, turn-based strategy game to get ported over, and it could not work any better. Yeah. It could not work any better. Like yeah. It just makes everybody happy. Yep. And it's a little bit more expensive. It's more than you're used to spending in the, uh, in the, in the store. 
20 bucks. I don't know if it's come down since They then. had a sale. I think they got it down to about 5 bucks. You know what I just played, actually, speaking of iOS, is uh, the new Ridge Racer Slipstream. And uh, it's 3 bucks, and the graphics are terrific. I mean, it's... But is it fun? It's fun. Yeah, it's fun if you like Ridge Racer. It's very much like the PSP version of Ridge Racer, which was a $40 game when mm-hmm. it came out on the PSP. Uh, oh, man, remember the PSP? Yeah, yeah, and just like where we're at now with mobile and portable stuff, Namco says, I'm not going to make a Ridge Racer game for the Vita this time. I'm going to make a, a pretty robust Ridge Racer game for the iPad and the iPhone and, and charge $3 for it. Now, there's a bunch of in-app purchases, of course, built into the thing, which kind of detract from it all, but it's crazy, man. I mean, that's... What, are, what a completely whacked-out sort of shake-up to the economy of how these things get made now. I mean, that's insane. That's Well, there's, the, the, the rule book is gone. It's the, totally the, gone. The, the, way that, the way of doing business and the way of consuming stuff, I mean, it's... It's all changed in the last five years People dramatically. People are on mobile. And They're this, saying, well, we're going to start here, and then if it does well here, we're going, to, we're going to bring it to other things. And this is part of the reason why we're, you know, this is such a weird, dyslexic time for the industry. We're, it, we're trying to figure it all out. And, and you know what? It's, it's directly translating to the stuff that we're reviewing as well, because we just reviewed uh, Peggle 2, which is an addictive thing, on, uh, and you'll see that soon in the show. But uh, we, it's an addictive game, of course. That's easy to, for anybody to call, but... Uh, it felt wrong on the Xbox One. You know, it's great that it's there, but it felt wrong to me. I felt like this would too have much been a- machine for not enough game. Yeah, yeah. I, and I kept thinking like, there's got to be an iPad version coming. Or, yes, or and there will not, be. Yeah, yeah. which, which uh, will would, be the perfect fit. Absolutely. You know, and it might be free. But I was thinking about that in terms of of music. You know, I mean, music. There's songs and there's albums. Yeah, and sometimes there's shorter albums, EPs or whatever they call them. Yeah. Um, but the format of how music. You know, it's changed into digital. Yeah. But the parameters for making music hasn't really ever changed, you know. And, and the, the parameters for making video games are always in flux. Yep. You know, we have huge teams. We have tiny teams. We have millions of dollars. We have hundreds of dollars. And it makes sense that we're in this identity crisis that we're, we're in and have been for a little over a year now. Well, and the other thing that makes sense about it all, too, is that there is no right way either. You know, no right way. Some no. of the, small, the, the games that are made by the smallest teams end up being some of the coolest things and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think you also need massive investments to come up with Bioshocks and, and uh, The Last of Us as well. You mm-hmm. know, I think we need it all. But it is a weird... Uh, you know, multi-pronged approach to kind of getting to all of this stuff, and it's it's kind of sad when there's a, a surplus of choice and some awesome stuff gets overlooked. And we'll do the best that we can to find all of this stuff. I, I think that's one of the wonderful things about having all of these different teams on the show. I think you know? we find it. I think one if one of us will find it, and then or somebody on Twitter will find it. I yeah. think the good stuff gets sussed out yep. eventually. You know, going back to the heartbreaks thing, I would put Bioshock Infinite on my list. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I still can't believe that I played Bioshock Infinite. I know because I kept wanting it to be as good, if not better, than than 2007's Bioshock. Well, and, I think and it about just wasn't. The message is incredible. You know, the uh, story is incredibly yeah. ambitious. The characters are ambitious. The world is ambitious. It's just such a mature story. It's just a well crafted fable. You know, and but, and the, but if you're going to talk about the way you play the game, you yeah. just shoot. Just, the shit out of everything. Yeah, every, every decision everything. is is a shot it's, to the face. Comes from the end of a gun. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, leap onto a wire that doesn't feel as fulfilling as it 
promised it, it should have been. You know, feels like a little quick time event. Yeah, and, and nothing more than that. And so, yeah, yeah it's it's I, you know I kept meaning to go back and play through a couple games at the end of the year, and I didn't find the time. And Bioshock was one of them. And T- Tomb Raider was the other one I wanted to go back to. Oh, Tomb Raider is incredible. That's a game that just got better and better and better as you went. I, I actually think now, in retrospect, that Bioshock Infinite um, would have been. It would have served the story and the experience if it was a third-person game, and I hate that kind of conjecture, but I think that Booker was very interesting, much more interesting than the lead in the first Bioshock, who was really just this confused guy. Yeah, but here was a real character flushed out by an excellent voice actor, and we should have seen him, and we should have seen how he, you know, emotionally interacted with this crazy world that he was thrust into and how he emotionally interacted with uh, uh, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that would have been fantastic and and would have echoed a little bit of the same voice actor and the same, you know, weight that we saw with The Last of Us. I don't know if it would have fixed it to shift into third person. Well, it would have varied. It would have, I mean, it would have changed the entire game design, but it would have made for more variety in the stuff that you would do in the game because it really devolved into, oh, here's this... Here's this uh, very fascinating character and this this incredible amount of dialogue and and uh, we're going to get this history and all of this kind of radical uh, alternate universe stuff and then, oh I just got to shoot everybody you know yep. okay next sequence same well, thing just, like if I think back on that game and I haven't played it in maybe six or seven months yeah I just feel like it was one long blimp fight and like it was, was just yelling at you I the was whole on game a, I was too. on a blimp and I was fighting everybody and, <laughs> and I think in fact that was one of the alternate titles for the game was blimp fight blimp fight yeah whereas dishonored blimp fight was a much more quiet stealthy sneaky maybe because we're mature gamers now yeah maybe we just like quieter no games but I, that I think that, when ponder. you're talking about a story rich game like that I mean I don't remember the story of Call of Duty Ghosts I just remember that some of these guys are called ghosts there's two brothers and there's two and brothers there's and there's a dog and the dad that's, is I a mean ghost, that's it because it's just yelling at me for the whole experience and yeah. I think Bioshock kind of suffers from that too which is yelling and yelling and yelling and then there's a guy yelling well, and he's telling me all of this interesting stuff but then uh, it's kind of drowned out by m- machine gun rattles it's a game that keeps and I can't believe I'm even saying this but it's a game that is hell-bent on topping itself yeah. again and again. And you can yeah. just feel the team sweating underneath the labor of making the new Bioshock game. And, and it, you know, the first game was a game that didn't follow the usual sort of, you know, uh, rise of a video game where you're fighting bosses. And, you know, I mean, you fought some big daddies and stuff like that. But yep. it, it didn't have that same kind of, here's the video game style climax. And, and Bioshock Infinite, for all of its work and all of its barbershop quartets and all of its, you know, verisimilitude, still just felt very gamey to me. It just kept feeling yep. like it just devolved into a game experience that I'd had before. Well, look at what's really that, that re- registered with us, though. Look at what has become, you know, the stuff that we keep talking about and keep going back to over the last few years. The Walking Dead from Telltale. The Last of Us the uh, Dishonored game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Far Cry 3, there's moments of real stillness in there. And there's, there's it's a, the stillness, man, right? It, there's, like, a, there's a quiet. There's this, this let your imagination feel the dread a little bit rather than just it being a constant threat and constantly present and in your face and yelling at you. Let the game work in the, in the corners and the parameters of your imagination and then also let us 
hear the quiet interchange between mm-hmm. actors and, and characters. Let us get to know these people. Even the, the most recent Zelda, which is a uh, a little bit of a, uh, a hodgepodge of the mechanics we've known for the last 20 years, you know, distilled to become a much more accessible, uh, quicker-paced Zelda experience than we've ever played through before, still has lots of quiet. It mm-hmm. still has lots of moments for you to just sort of get lost in in uh, ambience, mm-hmm. you know? Like even where you pick up the, the Master Sword and, and it's just this quiet meadow and, and yeah. the beautiful music and the... And the and I don't, I don't mean to say that Bioshock doesn't have all of that stuff, but it is really drowned out. It is really drowned out by its action. Yeah, I think any time that a game can force you to stop yeah. and look at the world around you and reward you for doing that. Yes. And I think it's a very difficult thing to, Tomb Raider did it too. to, to make that happen. You know, the first time I remember that happening is in an old game called Tenchu for the PlayStation 1. Right. And I just remember standing on top of or crouching down like Batman on top of these feudal Japanese villages on the rooftops and looking down at the guards patrolling below and looking at dogs walking around and looking at fields and wondering who these people were and why they were, you know. And when you get to that moment where you engage the imagination of the gamer and, and the, the world starts to come alive in, in, a, in a new way. And, uh, and, and you're right, Bioshock had none of that. I just remember that first time you walk into... Uh, the city and just being overwhelmed with data like too much like every everybody I think lots of people wrote about this and talked about it just taking in all the signs yeah. and the fonts yeah. and the barrels of apples and the you know the floating platforms and it's just uh, you know it just didn't feel like all of that stuff needed to be parsed out somehow well the world needed to be larger it, it felt like like physically I hated or being virtually in the larger yeah I didn't yeah. like being I, I don't yeah. know let's talk about um, road trips we took some road trips. Uh, we didn't take all of them. We, we we were on the road a lot in the second half of the year. You were in particular, yep. even more than I was. Yeah. You, well, you there were there were console launches and events and things that I was asked to go and host and stuff. And how was, many times were you, you were in New York? Multiple times last year. Uh, you was went to, for the thing Sony. Thing? I, I don't know, like four or five times in New York, and yeah. and uh, in Toronto, four or five times. We went to Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco. Did we go to San Francisco? I don't know if we went to San Francisco. No, and we're due. I want to get down there and yeah. meet Ben's baby. Uh, but uh, favorite road trip? Favorite road trip of the year? Uh, uh, Wasn't Tokyo because we, we were there too long, do you think? I think we were there too long. I started yeah. to go a little crazy near the end. You can yeah. hear that in our podcasts yeah. from, the, from that trip. Uh, I don't, my trips to New York were great. Yeah. I loved my trips to New York, both of them. I got to make two uh, very late in the year, yeah. and they were both very surreal. Uh, and I don't know if I actually experienced them or if I dreamed them, <laughs> which is where I want to be on my road trips. Uh, but Tokyo was pretty great. I remember I have lots of nice memories uh, from Tokyo. What about you? Uh, I I got to kind of fall in love with Toronto a little bit more every time that I went. You know, it was kind of cool. Are you kidding me? You would come back from Toronto every time and say, that's it, I hate this place. <laughs> well, it's so different from it's Vancouver. So cold. It's It does get cold, for sure, and I'm a wimp, so I was freezing when I was out there. But I, you know, my problem that I've had with Toronto for, for me visiting the city is that I've always been in the same area, and it's really sort of the entertainment area, and I go around Queen, and, and I go to Young Street, and... And uh, but I started to get into different parts of the city a little bit more on this last trip for shooting with Adam, who is our, our shooter and producer out there. And it was awesome to shoot the rundown segment from 
the city and then know that it's coming back to this to the studio here we're gonna send it over the internet and it was gonna be in the show that night I just I loved that whole production routine and I also loved working with the guy with the team out there mm-hmm. to uh, uh, you know find different locations and I also felt really I don't know just really loved when I was in the city too I mean I just I, I mm. saw all kinds of great people while I was there you know what I'm gonna change my answer yeah Montreal I think was a good trip Montreal was an awesome trip I yeah. haven't been to Montreal in a couple of years yeah. not since we first started working together and uh it was just like we saw the the the, the whole gamut of weather too. When yep. we got there, it was oh, hot. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we were yeah. sweating, and then yep. one day it, was it just suddenly turned. Yeah, and the city was mean and cold and dark, and I, I we loved ate it. Like kings. That yeah, the city. food was incredible. incredible. Everything was so full of salt and yes. fat and yes. butter. And uh, I love old Montreal too, man. It's it's such a, and I, I've never been to Quebec City. I've got to get to Quebec City, but the. Uh, uh, just the history of our country is right there on display. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate that there's cars down there; that drives me nuts. But old Montreal is beautiful, and it, it, you know, it's great to stay near that area and to just you know travel through there. I had I had my daughter there. My my uh, my wife and my daughter were there, so we got some days off in Montreal. Plus, that's uh, awesome. now where Batman comes from, and Batman comes from Montreal from too. Born out and of it's very gothic. Year. You know, it old is. Montreal is very it's a gothic. great city to build a Batman game in for sure. Yeah. Now, your your least favorite road yeah, trip? Yeah, I went to Bellevue to go to Bungie, which was a real treat. I'd always wanted to go to Bungie. I've been a fan of Bungie ever since the original Marathon games for the Macintosh. I owned a Macintosh when I was in graduate school a million years ago. Yeah. Love Bungie. Love those games. Uh, loved how cerebral they were and atmospheric. Um, finally got to go to Bungie, and it was like Blofeld's lair there. They had like huge fireplaces and just this. Uh, just, it wasn't like a cafeteria. It was more like a little restaurant, a cafe. Yeah, sure, where yeah. I mean, that that is old school video game money on display. Of course, they took us on a very guided, limited tour. They're building Destiny down there. And they weren't really to, ready to pull the wraps off Destiny when they had set up this trip. And so there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. There was a lot of promise. There was a lot of, we're going to show you stuff what, later. What did they show you? They showed us nothing. I they, mean, they didn't show you the game, but did they show you concept art or anything? Or? Yeah, they, we sat in an auditorium for most of the day. I was there with Ben Silverman, and we talked about it on the podcast not yeah. long ago. And at one point, they put up this slide that showed some uh, capes that you could uh, unlock in the game for your character. <laughs> and they were doing, you know, the room was dark, and Adam Sessler was there, and everybody was there. And these are uh, some exotic capes that you'll be able to wear in the game uh, and it was just so clear that they were spinning their tires because they had obviously made some sort of deal to reveal destiny on a larger scale with one of the new consoles right so it just seemed like we got all the media because that was just before e3 right? just before e3 right. so let's give them you know being in bellevue though what a great city yeah like flying cool. down there I had, that was another surreal trip that I, I can't believe all the travel we get to do i know with our jobs sometimes uh so yeah that was my least favorite road trip of the year, I'm glad you said Toronto. Though I'm glad that you're you're falling in love with Toronto. Well, I mean, I always have a great time with the people there. I always do, but I always feel like it's uh, it's just a big city. You know, it just yeah. feels like it's just big city, and I just I, I feel uh, I I don't get to see enough of it when I go. But mm. the last because I've been there so many times in the in in was there so many times in 2013, I got to experience a lot more of it. And I think one of the big highlights was the Xbox One mm-hmm. uh, party. In the launch party, even though it was a lot of work for me, and I was scrambling to do all those live hit things, 
uh, it was awesome. It was really cool because mm-hmm. it was a nice mix of just game fans and the journalists. Was in that town. the night you got to uh, make out with Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't return my calls yeah. or my Facebook requests, and now my wife doesn't either, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> Did you meet any celebrities when you were there? Uh, no, yeah. no, not really. Yeah. No. What, what about Carl? I met Carl. Yeah. 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 He's a great guy. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome Carl guy. Carl was there. Yes. Uh, so what else you got? Anything else? No, I think uh, I think we've done pretty good for our first podcast of 2014. Mm-hmm. I still have Holiday Haze. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm Holidays. not all here. I'm not all here. I, I wasn't yeah. even sure we were working today, honestly. <laughs> I was going to text you last night and say, are we supposed to go in? Are we shooting? Because I shaved. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, no, I think the shooting starts tomorrow and production begins in earnest. We've got reviews scheduled like crazy. Even though you're going to see the top 100s, uh, you know, refashioned, rejiggered a little bit, there will also be new content in every one of those shows. And we, uh, you know, new Twitter questions. So please keep sending those. Uh, and maybe Kyle Chenard, Mr. Precision. No, he's he, he's he's done. Yeah, take well, a well. Actually, if he wants to challenge to to reclaim the belt again this year, he's going to have to oh, work boy. out some great I think questions. He might. No, he did an amazing job. One thing that I really loved last year that we did. Were, what were, did you love? Were uh, and you were pushing for it, and EB Games was up for it. Was the uh, um, uh, fantastic. Uh, energy that went into building the the um, the holiday gift guide episodes. I mean, you were hilarious in the elf costume. Those were some of my favorite days to but shoot. The that costume was awesome. did, did all the work for me. But that was awesome, though. And the people were so into it, and it was just really... It was fun, man. It was really... It was really fun this year. Well, I mean, no, it's always been cool, but it felt like we were in the right place and with the, in the right costume, and the uh, the gift idea was pretty damn solid as well, having that, that bag of gifts to give out to everybody. Yeah. That was great. What Those about the time fun. we shot in the pumpkin patch? That was a fun trip too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what we come up with this year, man. We came. I, you know, I. That's the part that made me feel kind of tired over the holiday. Where yeah. I just started to think, like, how are we going to do any better? <laughs> how are we going to give more than we gave? I'm in telling you, the top 100 worst pieces of shit ever made. We got to do that. I don't think so. No, no. I. You know what? I want to hear the ideas from listeners. If you okay, have ideas yeah. for lists, I, you know, we talked about maybe doing the top 50 TV shows of all time. That'd be so hard. Not really. Can we just put Twilight Zone episodes? We've watched a lot of TV. We've watched a lot of TV over the years. We have, yeah. Uh, TV's never been better, actually. I don't know. I'm looking forward to just, you know, cleansing my palate of the 2013 stuff that I never got to or, you know, just want to kind of finish. How much NBA 2K are you playing? I'm still playing like crazy, and I'm playing it on both damn machines. Even though I have made my choice, I like the PS4 version much better. It looks a little bit uh, slicker, (laughs) and I like the controller. Uh, But the My Career thing... And I heard that there were tons of problems on Xbox One for Battlefield 4 online and mm-hmm. the My Career thing on NBA 2K14. I didn't have any issues mm. over the holiday. Mm. All well, of my stuff you're updated. Victor and Lucas. Well, so it, was, it was working for me. Everything was fine. Yeah. You know, but these are the, uh, the growing pains of our, our, our new digitally connected consoles now, right? I'm looking forward to this year, uh, you know, these machines really sort of leaving their mark with some amazing titles. Listen, for both of them. I'm going to go on record and yep. say that by June, we're going to see something that we've never seen before. Absolutely. But and I don't the, know what the, that's going to be. The I new thing. No the, idea. The newness, you know, the new stuff that's Ooh, obviously too. got me percolating. 
not Ouya 2. Okay. Uh, the Steam boxes, you know, and oh. whatever the new gaming PCs are that are going like to come out to counter s- the new yes, consoles the this Steam year. The Steambox controller. I like that controller. Uh, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. So we have lots to do, lots to see, lots yep. to play, lots of movies to see, lots of TV shows to watch, lots, lots to consume. Coming. Let's open our eyes wide and take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Happy holiday or happy new year, buddy. Happy new year to you and happy new year to all the listeners out there. I was wishing a happy new year to Stitcher. Uh, sure. Happy new year, Stitcher. Stitcher! Thanks for listening, everybody.